Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Goal Line Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Seifer, also known as No Huddle on TikTok and Instagram. That is No Huddle NFL with no capitals and no spaces. Also available on Twitter under the handle at No Huddle NFL with an underscore at the end. That is, again, at No Huddle NFL. No capitals and no spaces with an underscore at the end. We have a very special episode for you guys today. Finally having a guest on that I've been waiting to have on for a while now. Jake Talk Sports, the host of the Run the North podcast. I've had the other members of the podcast on in the past. Now I'm finally completing the trilogy with you. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I actually have a five-day weekend coming up because I'm still a junior, right? And thank God, because the I've been so burnt up, burnt, burnt out. Yeah, burnt yeah, out is the term. I've been so burnt out from school ever since I finished up the bio AP. Like, it's not even that much work now, but it's just I'm so done with it. I'm just waiting for the year to be over. Fair enough. I'm yeah. just sick of it. But, hey, I'm trooper and through. You know, I'm still getting the yes, podcast sir. out weekly. And, yeah, is there anything else you want to say before we get into this, sir? Uh, Drew Locke's the top 32 quarterback in the NFL. Mm. That's not something I'm going to agree with, but (laughs) I don't think we have time for the Drew Locke debate. Uh, I don't think so either. I will tell you this. I remember that was before really deep into draft classes. Actually, it was the year. He was 2019, right? Yeah, 2019, I want to say, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it was 2019. He was either 2019. Yeah, I think it was 2019. It was the same draft class of Daniel Jones. And yeah. I remember, <clears throat> even though I didn't go too deep into drafts until the year after, uh, I was actually somewhat high on Drew Locke. Yes, sir. Of course, he only, he only proved me wrong uh, since then. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> but I do remember his rookie year. Oh, my God, I can't believe I'm going on a little bit of a Drew Locke tangent. But I remember his rookie year. That was when Joe Flacco was the starter yep. for the Broncos. Mm-hmm. And then Flacco either got hurt or got benched or something. And Drew Locke, I think, was like 4-0 as a starter. Am I pulling that out of my ass or was it something? No, like no, that? he was actually very good his rookie season. He was a very good game manager. He was pretty efficient. Uh, won them football games. Um, so they – Obviously rolled them out the next year with with Teddy, and then that didn't last long for him. So, yeah, uh, and that's the thing with quarterbacks, right? You get figured out so quickly in this league, mm-hmm. and you have to be able to adapt, right? But yeah, the Packers themselves, your favorite team. I always love to ask guests about their favorite team during the off season. Yep, the Packers are now moving on to a new quarterback for the first time in a while. <laughs> Yep. And, of course, the question becomes, you know, you went from Brett Favre, who was a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback, to Aaron Rodgers, who will probably also be another first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. Are they going on to another first ballot Hall of Famer, or what's going on there? (sighs) Probably not, if I'm being honest, man. You know, I'm not – I'm a guy who kind of goes against Jordan Lovehate at the moment just because – it's it's really hard to kind of figure out what he is based on him playing like six total quarters of football uh, in, in in these past few years. You know, 
I don't know. Like, I don't think he's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback, but I really don't think he's going to be this abysmal starter. Like, I think that he can be a top half of the league starter. Maybe not next year. Um, but I do think that at some point in his career, he'll be considered a top half of the league starter. I'm pretty confident in saying that, at least. I mean, they obviously like him enough to move on from Rodgers. Like, that's extremely right. clear. So, again saying Hall of Famer or not Hall of Famer, that's, you know, a debate for another time. Let's give him a couple of years, see if he's even a starting caliber. First, we haven't seen him start a season yet, right? So, right. obviously, I'm kind of, you know, jumping with that. But at the moment, you, you said you expect Jordan Love to be a top half of the league quarterback by the end of this year. How do you think they go about treating him this year? And by that, I mean, how long of a leash do you give him? He's obviously not a rookie, but because this is his first year as a starter, how long is the leash? How long is it? How many mistakes does he have to make to get pulled out? I mean, I think it would have to be really bad. I think it would have to be really bad. Uh, The Packers are a team that kind of put their faith in a guy. And also, like, if Jordan Love sucks – I would keep him in because if 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 all if everything goes wrong next year, we get a high draft pick. We maybe get a quarterback, but like I I don't even I don't know. Like I I, I think that there is a small sliver of a chance where we like see Sean Clifford or something, but like, they don't have any other options. Like there are no quarterbacks on the Packers roster that aren't Jordan Love, mm-hmm. right? And honestly, I think that with the way he played in the Philadelphia game and the upside that he showed just in that limited amount of playing time, I don't think he's bad enough to get pulled. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, uh, what would have to happen is he like throws like multiple picks a game for like three weeks straight, or he mm-hmm. like completely just bombs against a pretty bad bear secondary in week one. Um, or so, some something really crazy would have to happen because Lafleur's not a guy who's just going to be like, "All right, sit down, All right?" Like, and again, like unless Sean Clifford's some crazy quarterback, which let's be honest, he's not. Uh, I think it's more likely that he would get pulled because of something Sean Clifford does than of something he does. Like, mm-hmm. if Sean Clifford looks really, really, really good for some reason, and then Jordan Love starts making mistakes they might pull him. But if Sean Clifford just looks bad, looks like some guy that you wouldn't even consider starting and Jordan Love's bad, I would probably keep Jordan Love in just because Jordan Love, they he's better than Sean Clifford. So, I mean, yeah, and that's something too. We haven't seen much of Jordan Love, but the, in the few games we have seen him, he's looked fine. Like, I would be surprised if he ends up being bad. Yeah. I would. The question is, how good is he? Yeah, you know, like the Casey game, his first start was not fantastic. Yeah, uh, that's a, that was a good secondary he was facing. They saw Tyron Matthew at that point. Um, they still had a few good defensive pieces in the secondary, and they had a good pass rush still with Chris Jones and Frank Clark. Um, and his best receiver was Alan Lazard. We didn't have Devontae that game, um, and he played okay. His one pick was probably like. I don't know. It wasn't too much on him. Uh, he definitely did did probably make the wrong read, but uh, and I, I think it's just it's one thing that really gives me hope for Jordan Love is the fact that he comes into that KC game. He doesn't look like anything special. 
And then he comes in randomly in this Philadelphia game because Rodgers has some kind of back injury. They're down by like 17 points, and he just starts slinging it, man. Like he rips one over the middle, good velocity, puts it right in the money to Christian Watson, touch on his first pass. Um, and then he just continues the rest of that game to kind of roll out and make plays and look exactly like Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he, I think he's got crazy arm talent. I'll say that. I don't know if he's going to use it because Zach Wilson also has crazy arm talent, right? Um, it's just a matter of actually using it correctly. And Jordan Love, I think he's got really good arm talent. I think he's got decent mobility. He can throw on the run pretty well. He's pretty accurate. He's got good velocity behind the ball. He's taking those skills and actually honing them in and using them. Um and sitting behind Aaron Rodgers is not a bad thing. I don't think Matt LaFleur is that bad of a coach. Um, so I think he's set up for success. They got him weapons as any man would want um, in the draft. I mean, they got him two top five tight ends in the class. One's a really good blocker, but Luke Musker's a good weapon. Uh, they got him Jaden Reed. They got him uh, DeBose in the seventh round, who's a, a steal at that point. Uh, obviously, they still have Romeo and Christian Watson, who both looked good last year. Uh, and so – the pieces are there. He's Aaron Jones is one of the most dynamic weapons in the league as a whole. He's a great receiving back. He's a good runner. Um, the old line's not terrible. So he has the pieces to succeed. So if he doesn't, it's more on him. Right. But I, I, I do expect Jordan Love to be okay. Now let's get a little bit deeper into the Jordan Love discussion before I start talking about the defense there. What do you think in terms of an X's and O's standpoint? LaFleur is going to do with that Packers offense now that Love is in the game? Do they keep it similar to what they did with Rodgers, or how do they go about helping this young guy? Well, I I think that they're going to keep it the same as what they did last year with Rodgers because Rodgers would come out consistently last year and be like, what we're running is too simple. Okay, We're we're not doing complex enough stuff. We're not doing – we're doing too much. We're not doing enough motion. We're not doing enough of these things. I think we'll see a lot of motion with Watson and Dobbs, but I think it'll look pretty similar to what it looked like last year because um, that simplification that Rodgers hated is exactly what you need for a young quarterback. Um, and so I think the offense is already built to kind of work around love, and maybe that was the plan all along um, because Rodgers can play in any system, right? So why not prepare your offense for the next guy um, while this, the old guy's still there? Um, so I think it'll look pretty similar to last year's. I think with Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave, those two tenants, that's going to go crazy, and I'm so excited for it um, with what they can do with that. DeGuara, I think, is a pretty sick uh, option at fullback. Uh, they have good weapons on offense um, outside of their receivers that I really believe, to, believe in to make plays. And so I don't know. I think a lot of it will just be a lot of short routes, a lot of throws over the middle, uh, like easy shallow crossers or slants or – uh, curl routes or just dumping it off in the flat to Aaron Jones and having him make a play. But in reality, I think it'll look pretty simple. I think it'll look pretty similar to what we saw last year. So despite having the quarterback with a really, really nice arm, you don't think they're going to use that much? Well, I think they will. I mean, there were definitely times, even though Rodgers called last year's offense simplistic, there were still times where he was able to take his shots, you know. And like Jordan Love, I, I think he has a good arm, but I also don't think that – um, telling a quarterback as young as him to just let it fly is always the best idea, right? So I think there'll be definitely times where they're like, okay, let it fly, but it's not like every single play they're going to have some guy mm-hmm. just going deep and saying, hey, Jordan Love, launch it, you know? Yeah. Like, with a young quarterback like that, until he develops more, like Rodgers, they pretty much had a deep – in Rodgers' prime, they had a guy deep pretty much every play, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I, I wouldn't say that would happen with Jordan Love. I think they'll give him his opportunity to do that. But I think to get him comfortable and settled in, at least in the early parts of the season, it'll be a lot of just dump off. You know. So you think? So you think for a large part, it's gonna be like a West Coast style offense, much like it was last year. Correct. Essentially, yeah, yeah. And that's always kind of been Lafleur's style, has it not? Yeah, no, it has for sure. Now I want to talk about that because, as we all know. There was a lot of hype surrounding that defense last year, or at least I've seen a couple people really hype that defense up. And even though it wasn't bad last year, it wasn't as good as these people expected. Why do you think that was, and what do you expect to change this year? Uh, big thing is Joe Barry. Um, he's not that good of a defensive coordinator. Um, you know, there would there'd be times where like guys are, it's like third and two, third and three, and guys are 10 yards off the line of scrimmage and the receivers are just open in the flat. The receivers are just open on little zig routes or little uh, slant routes. Um, and, and, and he just never made the adjustments he needed to. Uh, but also at the end of the year, like people forget like the end of the year, the Packers defense is one of the best in the league, you know, like that last Vikings game and the Dolphins game, um, those two games especially, like when they got three picks off of Tua, um, four picks actually, when they absolutely locked down Justin Jefferson, did a good job bracketing him uh, and keeping him contained and kept the Vikings offense contained. That was pretty much pummeling everybody um, last year. Obviously, they won 13 games um, against the Bills. They just about because they made good plays on defense and they kind of got Josh Allen off of his rhythm. And late in, late in the year, like, the defense played really, really well. It started to become the offense that wasn't doing it. Like, even though the defense was playing well, they did, like they played well against the Titans defensively, but the offense couldn't do anything. Like, the main problem with the Packers last year was that one thing would be working well. One side of the ball would be working well, but the other side wouldn't be. Like, they could never actually do both well at the same time. Like, the offense could be ripping, scoring points, but the defense let it up, right? Like the Philadelphia game, like Jordan Love throws a touchdown, they immediately let Jalen Hurts march down the field and score again, put it out of reach, you know? And so as far as defense goes this year, I think they'll be pretty good. Uh, I really wish there was somebody different coaching them, um, but alas, there's not. Um, and so I don't know. I think they'll be okay. I think Lucas Van Ness was a great pick. I don't really care what anybody says about that. Yeah, I don't um, get the controversy around that either. Yeah, no, I thought I think Lucas Venice was a great pick. Uh, they got Anthony Johnson in the seventh round, which is sick. I liked that a lot, especially since we needed safeties. We didn't really address it. Um, you know, I would I wish we would have spent some capital on a linebacker, but Devondre Campbell's not terrible, and Quay Walker, if he can stay on the field and actually not be a moron, then he'll probably be fine. And we have a good, we have some more d- defensive line depth and everything. Um, I just I don't know. Like, no matter what, how talented the Packers defense has been, they've never been able to stop the run. Every single defense I've seen in my lifetime for the Packers, except for maybe, like, the 2011-1 when they beat the Steelers, has just had a terrible run defense. Well, and that's um, exactly why they're adding guys like Van Ness. Right, They yeah. added two players to their defensive front in the first round last year. That's why they're bringing these guys in. Right, yeah. Yeah, and so hopefully the, 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 the run-stopping ability will be a lot better from the team this year. Uh, but overall, I – don't want to get my hopes up too high because this is exactly what I did last year and kind of got burned on in the, in the, in the first half of the year. But I do think that this defense will be pretty solid and that that's kind of what they need to be because a, a defense being solid behind you is exactly what a quarterback like Jordan Love needs. You know, if you don't want, if you don't think he can lead an offense to score 30 a game, you get a defense that doesn't give up 30 a game, you know? So 
I have hope for him. I'll say that. And then, is there a specific game on the schedule when you look at it that you really think is going to be interesting and determine a big part of the Packers season next year? Or is there not really a game like that for you? Um, I think it's probably the first Vikings game on October 29th. Because before that? that, they have the Bears, Falcons, Saints, Lions, Raiders, Broncos. And a lot of those games are pretty winnable, I would say. Um, but I also think that they could kind of – I think they could lose like Lions, Raiders, Broncos, all three of those. They could probably lose pretty easily. Yeah. Um, the Broncos then, are a wild card at the moment. Yeah, but the Raiders, I think, could beat them with Jimmy G because he has the Packers number for some reason. He's a good game manager. They have a talented offense. Um, the Lions, I expect to be pretty good this year, so they'll be tough. The Broncos, if Sean Payton can whip Russell Wilson into shape, that defense is nasty. It'll be a tough game for Jordan Love. Um, and then the Vikings game just kind of falls right in – like it's early in the season, but it's also kind of like a turning point. We lose that game. Uh, we could be 1-2 in the divisional or even 0-3 if the Bears beat us week one. And that just kind of sends us on a skate because then we have the Rams and the Steelers, which are kind of turnaround games. I'd also say December 3rd against the Chiefs, like right before January hits, um, would be one just because it's Mahomes, it's Jordan Love, it's a, it's a primetime game. Um, but I think that first Vikings game, if we if we can win that and we end up that in that stretch, like, I don't know, like three and three or like four and four or whatever it would be, I think I'd be pretty happy with that. But I think – that game can really determine a lot for us. Yeah, no, the Packers are absolutely – there's a lot of matchups, even though their schedule is easy, there's a lot of matchups that seem like, oh, yeah, this could be the week where they really get going. Jordan Love figures everything out, and now they're just moving through the rest of the year. Because, again, that schedule is easy. They just need to get one or two statement games in, and then all of a sudden they're going on a winning streak. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it is, it is an easy schedule for his first year, I will say. You know, but also, like, if, if this is an Aaron Rodgers-led Packers team, they're probably winning, like, 14 games. Yeah. Right? Like, like this is a very easy schedule. Um, but Jordan Love, like, like a team that we would usually – like, we'd usually say we could beat the Saints with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. Derek Carr is better than Jordan Love is. So, like, who knows there? And, like – Matt Stafford will probably be back for the Rams, and Cooper Cup will probably be back for the Rams. And then the Chargers is like Justin Herbert, fantastic. The Chiefs, Mahomes will probably crush us. Um, you know, but then it's like we finished with Bucks, Panthers, Vikings, Bears. That could easily be four, no, depending on what happens earlier in the season. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a pretty easy schedule, but right now I have them at eight and nine. Mm. I believe. It's my so prediction. you have them missing the playoffs despite being in a weak NFC with the weak schedule. I do, just because I think the division will be good. Mm. So wh- where would that have them ranked in the division, in third. your opinion? That would have them third behind Detroit Vikings and, and the Vikings? Yeah. And That's then the Bears right. at 7-10, and 10, I think I have them right now. Mm. Um, in last place by just a game. I think that one game is like one Packers win or something. But I could also see us finishing last in the division. I could see us finishing first in the division somehow. I could see them sneaking into playoffs just because, again, weak NFC. I yeah. don't think they'll win it. I don't think they'll win the NFC North. I don't. Because if they finish 9-8, and eight, yeah. that's that's playoffs in the NFC. And that's so, the thing. With how easy the schedule is for them, they, they have happen. that advantage. Yeah. They really do. 
they they're the same. They're similar to the Saints in terms of how many games they'll probably win. But because and the Saints are also in an easy division, but because they have such an easy schedule, and again the division isn't too tough either. I I think yeah they'll be able to sneak in there. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to some other quarterbacks making their first start in the NFL. And that isn't just because they were riding the bench for a while. It's because these quarterbacks are just getting drafted to new teams. Which quarterback out of the three main guys drafted in round one do you think have the best situation around them? Bryce Young, I think mm. pretty easily. Uh, that roster is built to win. Um, mm-hmm. They have a good old line. They have a good defense. Uh, they have good – not maybe not good, but they have a solid weapon core. Like DJ Chark, Terrace Marshall Jr., Adam Thielen, Jonathan Mingo, and Hayden Hurst is certainly not the worst receiving core in the league. Like that's all, that's like that's one Mike Evans away from being the best receiving core as a whole in that division, mm. right? Because the Saints have I don't know what's going on with Michael Thomas, but they have Olave and a bunch of nobodies, right? And the Falcons have nobody besides Drake London and Kyle Pitts, and the Buccaneers have nobody besides Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, right? And so, I don't know. I think, I mean, obviously, I think Frank Reich is, out of those three guys, he's the best head coach that's coaching one of them. We don't know what Steichen and D'Amico Ryans are. Um, He might even be the best coach coaching a rookie quarterback. I'd argue he's better than Vrabel at the current moment. I love Frank Reich. Um, But, I mean, even then, like, Levis isn't going to start right right away, so Vrabel isn't even really in that conversation. Um, And also, the division's easy. Like, yeah, the Buccaneers are probably going to be pretty bad. Um, I didn't even think about the competition inside the division. I did not. Yeah. That's definitely a big part of this, too. Yeah. And the Buccaneers are pretty bad. Um, and the Falcons are probably not going to be great. I love, I, I'm a big Desmond Ritter fan, so I won't say they're going to be terrible, but that defense still isn't great. Um, the Saints are the Saints. They'll find a way to screw things up. Um, and so you look at their division, you look at their coaching staff. They have one of the, they have the top three coaching staff in the league might even be the best. Um, it's just all, all around. They have a great, absolutely great, uh, uh, coaching staff there. Teams built to win. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see any situation. I, I think Anthony Richardson has an argument just because he has a yeah. coach who knows how to work with him. Um, and the Colts really aren't that bad. But their roster and is not the worst we've ever seen. The offensive line underperformed severely last year, but they still have those talented guys there. Yeah, it's like so, you can't just project quit nothing to be terrible again. This yeah, year. it's not – they aren't going to be as bad on the line of scrimmage as they were last year. There's no know. way. It's just not yeah. going to happen. I consider last year an anomaly. I think ever since they lost Costanzo, they've really struggled at the left tackle position. And that might still kind of be the case, but Richardson's rushing ability is going to make it harder for defenses to, you know, just pin their ears back and go straight for the quarterback because they have to worry about containing him too. They can't just treat him the same way they did Matt Ryan because he's a statue in the pocket. Anthony Richardson is way more willing to run around and do stuff like that. Keeps the defense honest. Yeah. Also, this was a team being coached by Jeff Saturday. So Yeah, that, that too. Yeah, the Colts, I think, are better than people think. Uh, so Anthony Richardson could definitely have an argument to be in the best position. But because of the fact that the 
I think that the Panthers roster is better. I think they have obviously a more proven head coach than Steichen is currently. Um, they probably have a better defense. Um, their all lines are pretty similar. Um, the only thing that uh, they really have going for them uh, over the over the Panthers is Jonathan Taylor. Um, and that's exactly it. What worries me about Young, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say oh he's gonna be terrible this year because not I think Young's gonna have a pretty solid rookie year. He should. The question with me in terms of the Panthers' offensive situation, that running game, I'm not too confident in. I mean, it worked well last year, but I don't know, man. I'm well, not too confident in Miles Sanders. I'm not I too actually, confident in any of those backs. I actually am pretty confident mm. in Miles Sanders. I understand he was running behind an elite offensive line in Philadelphia, but the Panthers' offensive line – while it is worse, is not like too far off. Yeah, Aquanu will still Aquanu will still yeah. plow through people. He'll still plow through people. And Miles Sanders, like he's actually pretty good. Like he is not an offensive line merchant, in my opinion. I think, I think he 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 had a tough season that one year. I forget what it was. It might have been two years ago. We had zero touchdowns. It's because Jalen Hurts is like their goal line back, pretty much. Like he wasn't getting touches on the goal line. Um, but he's still like, I I, I don't know. I think that. I think that he's still a pretty good back, and he's running behind an offensive line that's not going to get him killed every play. Um, I think he's pretty solid, and also he's a good receiving back, which is good for Bryce Young. Yeah, yeah. How much exactly did Young target the running back? Oh, I guess a decent amount. Yeah, it was a decent amount in Alabama, so I guess that does Seeing as Jameer Gibbs was his yeah, only Jameer Gibbs this was, year. Yeah. Yeah, I would say pr- probably he's, he's pretty used to that. Yeah. <laughs> It was a decent amount. I, I just connected those dots. That's probably why think, they went with Miles Sanders. I also think him and Mingo are going to be a pretty sick duo. I think they should be. It should take a little while for Mingo to really get going. Yeah. That's the thing. But like, and DJ that's the Stark concern. Is, is good. But until Mingo really has like a breakout, and even when he does have that breakout week, is he a one? I don't know. I like, think Terrence Marshall is primed for a breakout too. He I think could he, be, I think but even be really, then, really does good. he have the skill set to be a one? I don't know. I don't think he's versatile enough in, and, in terms and of how you can use him. Is like he he's not now, but that's why Phelan is a Panther right now, is because he has been a one in his career. Yeah, at one point, but I don't think Phelan's even close to that. Like, oh I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just saying, like a veteran leader who's been a wide receiver in, in yeah. offense before working with a bunch of young guys who all have the potential to maybe do that, I think could be very, very good for them because he's been there and he's done that, you know? And, and see, that's why Thielen's a Panther is because he's a veteran presence in a very, very young weapon, uh, weapons room. Um, I don't I know. Think DJ it's a really deep, in his career before. It is a really deep wide receiver core for the Panthers. A hundred percent like LaVisca Chenault's there still. Okay. And let's be honest. Okay. And, and I've said this on other podcasts. I keep saying this. Did the Chiefs have a wide receiver one last year? No. But it's very different with them. The difference with them. I understand. Yeah. That. Not only Mahomes, it's also Kelsey's there. But again, it, having yes. Mahomes, like, that's a huge difference. I'm just saying you don't have to have a wide receiver one to win the Super Bowl. Well, unless you're – you need to have a guaranteed, like, all-time great quarterback, though, is the thing. And while I think Bryce Young is good, I think he's going to have a good career. I don't think he's going to be a – Patrick Mahomes to your guy. I mean, yeah, probably not. But I'm, I'm. If your quarterback is good enough and is solid enough, I don't think you have to have a wide receiver one to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I think there's 
very few quarterbacks that could do that, though. Is the, and I don't think Bryce Young is going to be, and obviously currently isn't one of those right. guys. Sure, yeah. And that's the concern. Again, it's only his rookie year, and you look at all the other quarterbacks. I'm going to get to C.J. Stroud in a second, but none of them really have a one. I'm sorry, Michael Pittman believers, but, I mean, we've been saying this kid's going to break out every year, and he hasn't yet. And I'm sick of trying to bank on, oh, yeah, this is the year for Michael Pittman because it's I, I just don't think it's going to happen ever. He He's a starting caliber receiver. He's not a one. Like, none of these quarterbacks, not even Stroud, has a one at the moment. Fair, yeah. If you want to talk about C.J. Stroud, do you have any overwhelming opinions there? Uh, you know, I think he'll be okay. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's tough with a guy like him because uh, he – my quarterback three um, – I have Strat as the one, but I think in terms of his situation, it's probably the worst out of the three. But yeah, I think no he's still in a. I think he still is in a good situation. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I think the Texans are trending in the right direction. That and offensive line is no joke. That's a good unit. The offensive line is good. Uh, Stroud is the most refined passer in this class. Um, him or Young, pick your poison. Both fantastic passers already. Um, Stroud is pinpoint accurate. He's calm, cool, and cluttered in the pocket. He has some pretty underrated athleticism because he just didn't really use it at Ohio State that much. Um, decent offensive line. He's got Damian Pierce in the backfield. Um, but he definitely is the worst receiving core out of the three. Mm-hmm. Like, Nico Collins might be okay, but then it's like 30 something year old Robert Woods and nobody yeah. else. They're, they're banking on Tank, Tank Dell. Dell. Yeah, Tank yeah. Dell. And I, I'm hoping Xavier Hutchinson has that breakout. I do like Xavier him, Hutchinson. Him being yeah. a seventh rounder makes me worry that he's not really going to get the spotlight by the coaching staff that he should. Right, yeah. And the other guys just have more proven talent on their wide receiver quarters. Like they have a lot of young guys. Solid receiver. They have a lot um, of young guys. They brought in Amari Rodgers. I'm not sure if he's even yeah. considered an impact guy anymore. Because he was an absolute – yeah, we're not even talking about what he did in Green Bay. He had more fumbles than catches somehow. He did, yeah. And then got cut by the team. So I'm not going to act like he's a complete – like he has no case for staying on this rock. I mean, he has ability. He's a young guy. But that's exactly it. With this entire receiving core, other than Robert Woods, it's just young guys that have upside. And one of them is going to break out. But the question is, how much? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like Richardson has Michael Pittman, who's okay, and Alec Pierce, who I like a good bit, and Jelani Woods, who I think could break out this year with Anthony Richardson. Um, and we talked about who Bryce Young has. <laughs> and, like, Nico Collins, if he's going to break out, it's going to have to happen eventually. Yeah. Right. I think I like Hutchinson a good bit. I liked him coming into the draft. Uh, not a big fan of Tank Dell. <laughs> But, I mean, I understand the pick there. Um, I mean, Robert Woods is just a veteran presence again. They got Dalton Schultz. Um, mm-hmm. and Which he's is a nice security a blanket solid for them. security blanket tight end. Yeah. Um, like I said, Damian Pierce is good, too. The defense needs some work, but with the coach like D'Amico Ryan's at the helm, I'm not too worried about that. But that's exactly it. Like, it, 
D'Amico Ryan's being the head coach, I like that hiring a lot. And I think it will help the team a lot. But in terms of helping the rookie quarterback right now, I mean, you look at the other two quarterbacks drafted in the first round. Both of them have offensive-minded head coaches. C.J. Stroud doesn't. So if we're comparing these landing spots, C.J. Stroud does lose a couple of points because he's the only one that doesn't have an offensive-minded head coach. And although I think that head coach is going to end up being the best out of these three. Better than Reich? Yes. I, I, that's a hot take, I know, but I am confident in D'Amico. I am. I am too. I just don't know if I'm not being better than Reich. Yeah, well, with me, the thing with Reich is I think he's definitely worth a head coaching job. I just question how much he can really elevate a team. Because he's good, and he will establish a winning culture, and you'll consistently be around 500. That's exactly the thing. When you have a team, when the Panthers finally find themselves with a team that is ready to compete, ready to win games, Brian Burns is in his prime and putting up 17 sacks a year, and Bryce Young has it all figured out. That offensive line's looking really damn good. They bring in an established wide receiver one. When they're looking like that and they're ready to compete, I'm not saying I'll hold them back, but he's not going to escalate them to the level that a Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid does. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, I mean, you could win with that. Look at the Bengals. I would say Zach Taylor's probably about the same tier as Frank Reich. Frank Reich might be even better. But yeah, I would prefer to bring in the one of these guys like D'Amico Ryans that has upside to be in that tier with the Brian Dables, with the Andy Reeds, with those guys. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I look at it. But I still like Reich. I just Yeah, sure. It's not I get you. Yeah. It's not gonna escalate you. Right. And that's how I feel. But overall, I would say both of us agree Stroud three, mm-hmm. if we were to rank them. Richardson then, two. Yeah, you have Richardson two. I have Richardson one, although I see the argument for Bryce Young one. It's, sure. So we just have those two swapped though. Yeah. I, I definitely – they're all in good spots. I wouldn't say any of these are like Trevor Lawrence to the Urban Meyer-led Jaguars. Like, Right, yeah. No, I think all not. of them are going to yeah. have good rookie seasons. I would say so, yeah. I would say the – Big thing for C.J. Stroud that really helps him, I guess, or all three of these guys now that I think about it, they all are kind of competing for a job, which is going to help them get better. Like, they have relevant competition for that QB1 spot. It's not like... Richardson probably has the least, I would say. Well, yeah, I think but you it still competition, is legit but, competition, yeah. and that's what I mean. Like, Stroud, like, they could very easily just be like, screw it, we're rolling Davis Bills for the first couple of weeks. And the Panthers could very easily start Andy Dalton. And I well, might not even blame the them. The Panthers are apparently did. planning on it. Yeah, I was going to say, I wouldn't blame them if they did necessarily. Um, and Richardson, as raw as he is, I would just roll him out there. Because well, that, a guy, his a guy problem who's as raw is as that a lack of play playing football. time. His yeah. problem is a lack of playing time. It's he just not, needs to play football. Yeah, exactly it. And that's at first I was really against saying, and I still don't think it was smart for them to lock him in as the day one starter because they did say that. So now yeah. the expectation becomes for him to start week one. And I don't really think that's smart because now if he doesn't start week one, then that 
a bunch of people questioning, why isn't he starting week one? Did he underperform in OTAs and, and training camp, all that stuff? Mm-hmm. So I don't like that decision by, I think it, it was Jim Ursay that said that, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't like that they decided to do that. Yeah. But I do think if he starts week one, even though he's a raw quarterback, it's smart. I just wouldn't have said it this early. Yeah, no. Like, I, I like it's the same thing. Like, I'm not saying that they're the same player. I think Andy Richardson's significantly better. But, like, Malik Willis, part of the reason why he hasn't looked good is because he didn't start right away. Well, like, I, I like, think as weird as that is. Reason- I think part of the reason was that he was rushed out there. I think he needed more time on the bench. That that there's also an argument for that. Uh, it, it has to go one way or the other. Like send him a yeah, full you, season. I completely or agree start with that. him right you away. Can't do half and half. Yeah, because half was... and half just puts more pressure on him. Because they're throwing him in and they expect, they say, "Hey, be good right away." Right. And then benching him for Josh Dobbs. But if you but if you still yeah, but if you start him right away, you're you're not saying go be good right away. You're saying go play football. We'll see how it goes. Right, or problem. if you sit him the entire season the next year, you're like, okay, you've sat, you've watched an NFL quarterback play play NFL quarterback, you've practiced for a year, get out there and show us what you got. Right, but you can't just, like, at week seven, be like, go play, and then be like, oh, wait, you suck. Here's Josh Dodds. Like, go sit the bench. Yeah. And now you're a third string behind Will Levis. Like, <laughs> yeah. But then the problem with starting him week one, starting any rookie quarterback week one, I don't think – I think that there's very few quarterbacks that you should lock in if any, quarterbacks that you should lock in to start week one. Fair. I think that you really shouldn't be doing that. Fair. Because the problem is, if you lock someone in to play week one and they suck, and then they get benched, that's a big shot at their confidence. And when you ruin a young quarterback's confidence, it does have a legit effect. People don't just say that. It's a very real thing. Yeah. Yeah. Very real. Mm-hmm. And that's so much of this. So – the biggest part with rookie quarterback seasons is when do they get on the field? Sure. Yeah, agreed. Because you look at a guy like Mahomes, it really helped him that he had that year behind Alex Smith. Like, he probably could have started his rookie year. He probably We think that, but I don't know. I don't – I mean, you look at what he did in college. I wasn't I, – I wasn't too big on scouting at the time, but I wasn't – I was not the biggest Mahomes guy because, I mean, he played like – he didn't play like an NFL quarterback. And Alex Smith, I think, did a very good job at teaching him how to be more traditional, more yeah. NFL ready. And I don't think he gets that same experience if he didn't get to watch someone like Alex Smith play. So a lot of it comes down to when they get on the field. And uh, what's good is that all these guys have another quarterback on the roster that can come in and probably should come in week one to allow them to have that extra time in the oven if they're not ready. Right, yeah. No, agreed. Now, did you hear about the big news that happened? I want to say two days. I think it was two days ago. We all know about the DeAndre Hopkins. Mm Mm-hmm rumors about him being traded, about him wanting a trade. Well, he went on to the I Am Athlete podcast, and he made it very vocal what he wants in a new team. He listed these three things. A QB that loves the game, and he clarified that they don't have to be overly good 
because he said that he hasn't always played with the best quarterbacks, but he needs these quarterbacks to have a passion for football and a want and desire to get better. He also wants a team that has stable management, and he specified stability specifically at the GM spot because he said he played under three or four different GMs throughout his career, and that's just too much for him. I think he said mm-hmm. four or five, which is actually mm-hmm. ridiculous. Like, of course you want GM st- 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 eh, stability. And then three, a good defense. Very simple with that one. What's your big takeaway with this conversation that he probably shouldn't have had? You know, like, I mean, obviously he's taking shots at Kyler. He's taking shots at Kyler. Yeah. Like, a QB who loves the game, like, that's basically just saying Kyler doesn't love the game. Let's be honest. I think the relationship between D-Hop and, 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 and Kyler deteriorated pretty pretty heavily. Um, and that's just because I, I think that different people living, like, lifestyle-wise. You know, like, Kyler, I think, is a fantastic quarterback. I think he's so good. And I think that he gets so much hate for zero reason. And the whole, like, oh, he plays Call of Duty thing is so overblown. And uh, so, I, I just absolutely hate it about him. So here's like, the thing with that. So I, I get it. And when you watch the guy play quarterback, he's absolutely one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league. And that talent does do a very good job making up for his shortcomings in terms of what he does in the film room and stuff like that. But let's be honest with ourselves right now, right? And I know it's hard for us to understand as people that aren't on the team in the facility. But listen, there weren't rumors coming out earlier this offseason about the Cardinals struggling to find a head coach because people don't want to be locked into Kyler long term for no reason. All right. Those weren't just coming out of nowhere. There was a lot of factual evidence to that. Because why else would the team that get, that moved on from their head coach second out of every team last year, the last one to bring in a head coach? Why else would that make sense, right? So that's one. And then two, remember the clause they added to his contract where he yeah. had to watch a certain amount of film? That's yeah. not something that happens to every player. So although I agree it is overblown by the media, it's probably – too much of shots at him and it's kind of unfair because you know he has all the talent in the world he's definitely in terms of talent one of the best quarterbacks in the league and definitely in the upper echelons of quarterback in this league there's a lot of reason to give him hate there is sure yeah sure so I I get it like it does get overblown at times but sometimes I question if other people aren't giving it enough of the, you know, caution that it should bring. Because it is a red flag. It absolutely is. And the fact that this is now the – I know Patrick Peterson talked bad about Kyler. Now D-Hop's doing it. I believe other people – am I forgetting someone? I think there was a third person. That has. It might have been, yeah. I mean, these aren't just coming out of the air. One guy, fine. 
Okay, it might just be a coincidence. But this is now a clause being added to his contract. Rumors coming out about the Cardinals struggling to find a head coach that wants to be binded to Kyler long-term. Now D-Hop's going out on podcast saying it. Patrick Peterson went out on a podcast yeah. saying it. It's concerning. I'm just I, – I more find it stupid when people attribute his off-the-field stuff with his on-the-field stuff. Like trying to use that to say he's not a good quarterback, right? Like Kevin Durant is not a good teammate. Pretty much any team he's ever been on, somebody in that locker room has been like, "This guy sucks." Like he's a not a good, like not a good teammate, not a good person, right? But that doesn't mean Kevin Durant sucks at basketball, and he doesn't, right? So I I more find issues when people are, when people say that and they're like, "Oh, he just sucks at football now because of this. He just sucks at football. He sucks. He sucks." Like no. That like like I I I I think that he's still a fantastic quarterback despite his shortcomings off the field, like I do. But he would absolutely be better if he put in that extra stuff, and that's exactly what I think D Hop is talking about. Because I mean, D Hop is such a great receiver in this league because he has the physical ability, and he puts in that extra work clearly, or else he wouldn't be saying this. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think that's more of what this is about. And, by the way, I'm going to point this out because I know there's already one smartass. Actually, if you were paying attention after he said that, you would know that he was – he specifically clarified that he's not talking about Kyler Murray. The, the girl on the I Am Athlete podcast, I mean no disrespect when I say this, that was a terrible question to wait until after he says all that and then say, how many of these things do you think the Cardinals have? Because what else is he going to say? He's currently on the – Cardinals roster, so he's not going to go ahead and say, oh yeah, I'm specifically trying to call out Kyler Murray. The fact that he said that the Cardinals have a good defense tells you that he was lying with that entire sentence after. Right, sure, yeah. I mean, he he struggled to stay, say it with a straight face. And he listed Buda Baker when he was talking about how good of a defense the Cardinals have. <laughs> I mean, come on, are we that stupid now? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was so clearly trying to take a shot at Kyler by doing that. It's very obvious. And anyone falling for that is just, it's completely beyond me how you would fall for him saying, oh, yeah, I think our new Cardinals GM is doing a good job, even though he just came in. And I think Kyler is actually very dedicated to the game. And I think us Cardinals, we have a really good defense with Buda Baker, who probably isn't going to be on the team next year. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do agree. I think he's absolutely trying to call out the Cardinals with all three of the things he listed. Yep. Yep. For sure. So tell me this after you heard what his three demands are what do you think is the ideal landing spot or some ideal landing spots for him that check off all those boxes the chiefs he'd be the wide receiver one for the best quarterback in the nfl with the best head coach in the nfl a notoriously good front office a likable gm a good defense and a quarterback at patrick mahomes who loves the game of football and consistently gets better every single year Right, I think it's the Chiefs by a landslide. He get the most volume, the most production there. Okay, him and Kelsey would go crazy. Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. Reed's the best coach in the NFL. Their fans are great. 
the environment's great, the front office is great, the locker room is good, the culture is good. I think every single thing he could possibly ask for in a team is right there in Kansas City for him. So that's my best fit. So I understand that, and a lot of people throw that team into this conversation. But with me, the question is, if you're the Chiefs, right? And it absolutely makes sense from D-Hop's perspective. But if you're the Chiefs, one, I, I that if I'm correct, their cap salary, their cap it could be better. Yeah, yeah, they they would have to work some finagling to bring in D Hop, one, which all these teams really would. So yeah. yes, but they would have to do more than some of the other teams that specifically the team I have listed. But before I get to my team, I want to talk more about the Chiefs. So they would have to do that, and then two. If you're the Chiefs and you just saw how damn good Mahomes can do without having a superb wide receiver, why would you pay another wide receiver? Isn't that why you moved on from Tyreek Hill? So you could avoid paying a wide receiver? Why would you bring in a new wide receiver that you want to pay? That, that I think, it's kind of sacrilegious to what they're finally starting to do, and it's working. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. So for me, that's absolutely the concern there. Is there another team that you have listed or no? Yeah, Buffalo. I think mm. would be good. Uh, if it's a criteria, I think their defense when healthy is still pretty good. I mean, they add some pieces to it. I think Josh Allen also loves the game. He's a very fun guy. He's a very he's a guy who consistently gets better and learns. Um, the front office is good. Brandon Bean's a good GM, and they might be a team who's looking to add a receiver. Um, yeah, and they, I think they have the money to do it. I'm not like looking at specific cap stuff right now, but I think they have the money to be able to pull it off, and they could probably finagle something. Uh, well, all these teams, all the good GMs are capable of finagling. Yeah, that's it, why it, anything it, is realistic. And also, like, it might even be a better situation where he's not the top option. Like, if you say Diggs is the top option there, then he's going to be open a lot more because people are going to be focusing on Diggs. And then you use right. Kincaid in the slot. You use Kincaid in the slot. Or if people are like, let's stop D-Hop, Diggs is open. Like His gravity yeah. alone can help with that. I think he'd be a huge help with the Bills. I think it makes sense for both sides. Plays with a top-five quarterback in the NFL, with the top-five front office in the NFL. I think Brandon Bean's fantastic. Um, probably a top-10 defense when healthy. Maybe top-15 is more realistic. Um, it tires all his boxes. Uh but honestly, like all five teams that he listed, I could see, you know, like he like he talked about Lamar and the Ravens, he talked about Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Could see both of those happening. Uh, although the Eagles, I don't see any reason why they would want to invest in a receiver now with AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. Um, mm-hmm. The Ravens, I don't know. Do they want another old, can't really stay healthy anymore guy? I don't know. Like they already have Odell doing that. Um, some young guys that they want to invest in was Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman, too. Um, so I don't necessarily know if they would do it. And the fifth team, I believe, was Chargers, Chargers with Justin Herbert. I could see that. Um, they're probably third on my list behind the Bills and Chiefs, honestly. Um, they're another team. They have their three wide receivers, although I guess one of them would probably be a that's part true. of this trade. I would say Mike Williams yeah, or Keen Allen would be a but part of the trade. That's kind of um, what. But again, but that's why just would like, the Cardinals yeah. do that? I don't know why the Cardinals would do the that. The Cardinals would rather bring in more draft picks. So yeah. that's kind of just where I'm like. Maybe I'm the Chargers the, are fourth and the Ravens are third. I'm looking at the teams yeah. that D-Hop listed, and I'm like, listen, man. These teams are at the top of the league for a reason. 
And it's not because they have an overwhelming need for a receiver. Although the Chiefs, I mean, if they were to add D-Hop, that'd be fucking crazy. And, I mean, same for the Bills. Same for all those teams. My team, and this one might piss a couple people off because people just generally hate this team, but I really don't care. Bring them over to America's team, Dallas Cowboys. Listen, I, it makes sense. They have a decent amount of cap space. I believe they're at $16 million at the moment. It yep. makes all the sense in the world, really, when you go through it. They're at $14 million in cap space. Sorry. And there's no way to have a more stable GM and more stable organization than when the owner is the GM. Because the owner isn't going to fire the owner. Right. So the GM is going to say the same guy, just like D-Hop wanted. And great defense? Are you kidding me? This defense is absolutely electrifying. All right? This is a phenomenal defensive unit. The question then becomes, how much does Dak love the game? And I haven't heard much about Dak, you know, being the hardest worker in the world. But I also haven't heard much about him not being that. I like to believe that Dak is a hard worker and, you know, he loves the game. At least he plays like it. Yeah, yeah. So I I think Dallas is absolutely a very realistic landing spot and probably the most realistic. So I'm going to be honest. Because those other teams he listed, they kind of already have their plan for this season. They're not planning on making another big move. Meanwhile, there's no team that is always willing to make a move quite like the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. And I know they are fine with their three wide receivers. But again, it's Jerry Jones. Go big or go home. Let's get that. Let's get Michael Gallup out of that starting lineup and bring D hop in. Right. And now you have that wide receiver core of CD lamb, D hop and Brandon cooks. That's amazing. And then D hop goes down. Gallup goes in. Yeah. Problem yeah. then is you're paying Gallup. Yeah, so that, that would be the hard thing there. I mean, maybe you try and throw him into that trade, but I really think this is a very realistic move. Extremely likely. Yeah, I like it. I can see it. Much as I would hate it because it's the Cowboys, I can see it. Yeah, well, I, a lot of people are going to hate it because it's the Cowboys. No one wants the Cowboys to get better. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that's legitimately a move. I mean, listen, you lost your offensive coordinator. You have Mike, Mike McCarthy calling plays. You want to make up for losing a offensive coordinator that's very highly respected? Make up for it by bringing in that absolutely stud of a wide receiver that's probably even more respected among the league. Mm-hmm. It would work damn well. I think so. That offense would be electrifying, even again without Kellen Moore. It could be for sure, yeah. Now, before we wrap things up, I want to hear your opinion because this is a question you could ask literally anyone and you will not get the same answer pretty much ever. Yep. What do you think is the one team that is being the most overrated at the moment by fans? The Chicago Bears. Valid. Listen, Elaborate. man. This team is not going to win nine games. They're not. 
They are not going to win nine games. They are not going to win eight games. Okay. I am a huge Justin Fields. I, I literally wrote an article on Substack today. And I was literally like, I listed all my breakout candidates for the NFC North, one candidate for each team. He was my candidate for them. I think he's going to go for like 4,300 4, total yards. I think he's going to go nuclear this year. Right. But in what way can you look at this Bears roster and be like, that's a nine win team at the current moment? That offensive line is still not good. They added Donald Wright, but that offensive line is still not good, right? I mean, we can agree on this. Oh, yeah. Dante 100%. Foreman is, is cur- the current running back one. Roshan Johnson will end up being that. I actually like Foreman. I, I actually like their running back room. I don't hate Foreman. I don't hate Herbert. I don't hate Johnson. That's a good little trio there. Uh, the wide receivers, I don't know where the Donald Mooney hype comes from. Well, Darnell Mooney has the, doesn't move me too much. It, think about how well those wide receivers complement each other. Though. Yeah, I mean DJ Moore's good, and and Darnell Mooney compliments him well. And well, Cole Darnell Mooney compliments Chase Claypool too. Like they all yeah. have different skill sets, and that's why I think it works. Well, Chase well. Claypool, I think, just kind of stinks. If I'm being completely honest, he did. He has a role. Um, he has a role, and Cole Komet is fine, whatever. Uh, but the yeah. defense secondary is still not great. Mm-hmm. Um, they have no edge rushers. They added defensive tackles and Gervin Dexter and, and Zach Pickens. Those are good picks. They, I think, the Tyree Stevenson pick was good. I just don't think this roster is quite ready yet. Like, yeah. yes, they'll win more games than last year. They'll win, like, I think they'll yeah. win seven. Like I said, but that's they four did more add than the last two year. inside linebackers, though. You did mention that. They, I mean, yeah, TJ Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds, both good signings. Like it a lot. Um, I just don't think the roster's ready yet. I think seven wins is their ceiling. Uh, I don't know. I think so. With me, what holds them back is because I am not a Justin Fields supporter. This is fair. Yes. I still yes. think electrifying runner. There's no denying that. But, You're really banging I mean, on him doing something with the passing game, though. You're and right. that's exactly it. I have next to no confidence in this guy's ability to lead a two-minute drill. No, I'm sorry. No, no. I'm sorry. He this had guy, to do it against the Packers, he, and he just he lacks, some, a, Well, he had a, to do a, it a couple of times last year, and he was never Jair, able yeah. to. Yeah. It's not even like this guy is so damn inaccurate. It's not even that. It's just all the mental stuff you want from a quarterback, he doesn't do it. He doesn't do it. He doesn't read the field well enough. He holds no. the ball well, way too long, way yeah. too long. It's and when you have a bad too. offensive line, it makes it even more of a problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. just all the mental stuff he's bad at. And I think, again, he's an electrifying runner, and that will guarantee him to continue to start in this league for a couple of years. But – you can't just keep running the ball. I mean, I know it's kind of a stereotype. And it's done to death, and people hate hearing it, but it's true. If you're a quarterback that runs too much, you're bound to keep getting injured. You're bound to lose that ability, and then you got to start being able to win games with your arm. And I don't think Fields has started making the strides yet. I don't. Now, it could change finally, but that year one to year two jump as a passer wasn't enough to impress me. It really wasn't. No, I mean, he had a few pretty ridiculous throws this year, but they were few and far between. Um, it, to throw a couple other teams out there, the Bucks. I have people telling me the Bucks are going to make the playoffs. That's not going to happen. Is that, that must be completely banking on NFC bad, right? NFC bad, Baker Mayfield serviceable. 
Like they're ba- basically yeah, making that Baker Mayfield will be good enough to lead the Bucks to the playoffs on the weekend. As you t- yeah. don't like that. I think the Broncos are overrated. Um, I think they're too much of a wild card to really predict anything good for them. That that mm, okay. I, I mean, I think that they. I don't think they're bad, but I think they're too up in the air to be like oh, ten or eleven wins. Yeah, yeah. So they're interested. I think it's hard to give them a label of overrated or underrated. Because they are such a wild card. That's true. I feel yeah. like if someone were to tell me that the Broncos make the playoffs and they're the five seed in the AFC, I'm not going to be like, oh, that's a terrible take. Like, I'm not. Sure. But if someone were also to tell me that they go seven and nine, I'm also not going to say that that's a terrible take. Like, sure. they're, they're such a eye of the beholder team. Yeah. You know? It's completely up to whoever's making the prediction. Mm-hmm. And then the last one I had was the Steelers. I've, I agree with that one. I've, I've, I've been told by agree. by not even only Steelers fans, but other NFL fans that the Steelers will win 11 games this year. And That's wrong. That but you know you know their exact record and what it's going to be, correct? 9-8. Exactly. They'll, they won't have a losing season, but they won't be any good. Three uh, things... Three things are certain in life. Death, taxes, and Mike Tomlin has a winning record. Yep, he will. And Kenny Pickett, I'm neutral on him. I, don't, I am too. I, but I definitely don't think he's good enough to lead this team to 11 wins. Yet. Matt Canada's a terrible offensive Matt coordinator. Matt Canada's a terrible offensive coordinator. Help. He's not helping Kenny Pickett at all. That old line still, still isn't stinks. good. Yeah. Najee Harris, I don't know how you feel about him. I'm personally I'm not the biggest fan of Najee. Um well, I think he needs someone to tell him, just run straight. You are a between-the-tackles runner that is trying to be something else. Yeah, that's – I mean, that's basically if, – if he did that, if he, if he had that kind of Derrick Henry mentality, he'd be good. And he has um, the physical ability to be that guy. That's why – No, that's what happened with Derrick so Henry, much. too, is somebody came in and told him to do that. I don't think anybody's told Najee to do that. And maybe he yeah. just hasn't listened. But um, the receivers are okay. Like, I like Deontay Johnson, and George Pickens is good. But who's their worst receiver three right now? Anthony Allen, Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson, yeah. I forgot about him. And then Pat Fryermuth, I think, is a borderline top 10, top 13 tight end. Um, Darnell Washington. Darnell Washington. Fan, that's a fantastic pick. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, I think they have upside, but 11 wins is just, I think, a little yeah. bit too much. And how, how the AFC North is a tough division. Yeah, man. like they, they would have to they would have to finish with a winning record in divisional games to be 11 and six, pretty much. And I and I, I think, don't see that happening. Are you with me in saying that the Browns are a scary team? Yes, they really I think that, should be. I think that it, although I don't support what Watson did, I think it's unfair to just immediately count them out because you that's. I agree with that. And I think it comes down to what the new defensive coordinator does because the yeah. same way that Ed Donatel was holding back that Vikings defense, so was Joe Woods Joe for Woods. the Browns. Yeah, Joe Woods nice was horrible. The defense. They added so many nice pieces to the defense. Yeah, Siaki Ika. Uh, yeah, I'm a and big the fan of him. Are good. Like Elijah Moore and Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples Jones is not terrible. And Joku was good last year. Their offensive line, they have like the best guard duo in the league. They have a good center. Um, their tackles are, eh, you know, but they have a guy well, I mean, who I don't know. I think Jack Conklin's more than that. Eh, I think Conklin is an underrated player. Uh, I more meant uh, Jedrick Wills. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had a feeling you meant him. 
But um, I mean, at least he's young. He might be yeah. able to step it up. Maybe he has mm-hmm. an Andrew Thomas type of thing. That's Same true. draft class. It's and then they have um, I mean, obviously, I don't know where you send your running back rankings, but my running back, like I think one at this point, I'd probably have him best running back in the league, and Nick Chubb. I'm not going to strongly disagree with that. Chubb is. Um, it doesn't really matter. The point he's is, one of those guys ru- who's in that their conversation. Rushing attack should be yeah. the best in the league. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, um, Joel Batonio and Wyatt Teller. Teller. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and then their defense, like I said, like Juan Thornhill was a decent pickup, and their corners aren't bad, and their pass rush is getting a lot better. Uh, they haven't really made any moves at linebacker as far as I know, uh, which is the one thing that I'm kind of worried about because the linebacker room isn't great. But, yeah, the Browns You don't could need be that, though. Yeah, that's true. All their that matters is that edge rush there. duo is going to yeah. be scary. Miles Whether- Garrett and- whether it's Ogbo Okoronko yeah, or Zadarius Smith, it's going to be scary either way. Yeah, yeah. No, but, yeah, I think the Steelers are overrated. I agree seven. with that one. I agree. Really quickly, just because mm-hmm. we have a little bit more extra time, in terms of if you had to go with a, a team that's being heavily underrated, what do you think? The Ravens. Uh, that's think- a common one. I, I was hoping for a little bit off, oh, off the radar. A little bit off the radar. Uh, probably, I would say, I don't know if the Dolphins are off the radar enough. Um, trying to think. Oh, the Commanders. The Commanders. All right. I'm interested in that one. What about the quarterback issue? Are you just willing to put that aside because they have Biennemi? I think Biennemi is a good, and I also think Sam Howell could be pretty good. So First, you're you're one of the Howell supporters, I'm all right? Howell fan. I am. I, I, I'm actually expecting Brissett to come in. Oh, Brissett could work out. And Brissett could even be good. Brissett was yeah. pretty good for the Browns. So either way, I think they can go a good a good ride with the quarterback. Uh, I think that defense is pretty good. I think Cameron Curl is a fantastic safety. I think if Chase Young sticks around, which I don't know about that, um, he stays healthy. That's part one. They have Jonathan Allen, who's fantastic, and they have Der- Deron Payne, who's fantastic. They have Montez Sweat, who's good, and they have Chase Young, who's fantastic if he's healthy and is actually playing. Um, linebackers are okay. I think Jamin Davis. Are okay. Yeah. Um, I think their offensive line could use some work. Um, mm-hmm. They don't really have a tight end, but I like Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson and Deami Brown's not terrible. Um, I think – I guess I'm saying they're underrated because I think they can make the playoffs. I don't think a lot of people are saying that right now. Yeah, and that I think even if they don't make the playoffs, I could see them ruining, like the Eagles one seed or something like that. Oh sure, yeah, they could definitely like they they strike me as like a pesky team this year. Yeah, I agree. Yep. All right. It was a pleasure having you on. Thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, thank you. If you want to plug your platform, feel free. Yeah, it's uh it's just Jake Talk Sports 03 on TikTok, uh Jake Talk Sports 3 on Twitter, uh and then just Jake Talk Sports, just Jake Talk Sports, uh those three words on YouTube. Um those are three platforms I post on the most. Jake Talk Sports Podcast on Spotify, all other platforms. I'll share my Twitch a bit, Jake Talk Sports, same thing. Other than that, yeah, that's about all I got. Also check out Run the North. Oh, yeah, Run the North, fantastic show. We're having a blast making it. Um, yeah, I mean, we got a lot of big plans with that. So Run the North podcast on Spotify, YouTube, Twitter, Run the North everywhere. Definitely go check that out. And thank all of you for listening. If you want more of my content, check out at No Huddle NFL, no capitals and no spaces on TikTok and Instagram. That is at No Huddle NFL. 
with no capitals and no spaces. Also available on Twitter at no huddle NFL. Again, no capitals and no spaces with an underscore at the end. Thank you all for listening. We're finally back to uploading every Wednesday. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I'll see you all again next week.